These days I say yes a lot to things. Maybe it was last summer, I called it my summer of yes. And I decided to just, because my natural instinct was to say no to everything. Just like protect myself, isolate myself. For many years, I think maybe because of all the kids I had and just the, you know, how exhausting it was. I, I kind of liked to have time where I was just quiet. And so I got into the habit of saying no. And I, I decided to take a summer where if I got invited to do something, my instinct would be no, and I would have all the reasons to say no, and then, but I would tell myself, you have to wait until you come up with a reason to say yes, and then you have to say yes. So I said yes to all these things that came along, and it was the best thing that I could have done. Welcome to Curious Goldfish, a podcast community where music and curiosity come together through interesting conversations with the music makers of our world. I'm your host, Jason English. You can find Curious Goldfish and all the major podcasts and social media platforms. And of course, we have all of our content on our website, CuriousGoldfish.com. to be able to talk with Kelly Willis, a 35-year veteran of the music industry. Her perspective is obviously unique, but the most refreshing aspect of my chat with her is seeing how excited she is for what's to come. It's almost like she's hit the reset button at age 55, and you can see the excitement in her eyes and hear the anticipation in her voice when she talks about the rest of this year. It all starts with a newly formed female super trio, the Wonder Women of Country, which she tells us all about. She also performs a song called Looking Forward to Looking Back, which is a fitting summary of where she sits in her life and career in early 2024. Here's Kelly Willis, the queen of Austin, Texas. Let's dive in. Kelly Willis, so nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. I mean, here we are, we're at a beach house overlooking the Gulf. The sun is out. It's stunning. It's so beautiful. I mean... I know Austin is awesome for a lot of reasons, but Austin doesn't have this, does it? No, and the Texas beach does not look like that. (laughs) It's the middle of January. It's a little chilly, but come on. Yeah, it's okay. I love a cold beach. I think that's a whole whole other kind of vibe, vacation. Right. Love it. You have a scarf on. Yeah. It it, it all fits. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. How often have you been to the 30A Festival? This is my first time. It, no way, is it really? Yeah. How did, how did that come about? I don't know. I don't know why they asked me. I'm glad they did. I I feel really honored to be included as a songwriter. I've always considered myself more of a singer, but right. I do write songs. And um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm glad that, that it happened. Yeah. I don't know how these things happen. I just get a phone call and... And then I get to play decision maker. I get to be this powerful God. Will I or won't I? Yes or no? Yes, I will. <laughs> Usually I will. <laughs> well, it's probably like this podcast interview. You're like, oh, I guess I'll show up yeah, and do this. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, that could be fun. <laughs> These days I say yes a lot to things. I um, um, Maybe it was last summer. I called it my summer of yes. And I decided to just... Because my natural instinct was to say no to everything. I just like protect myself, isolate myself 
for many years, I think maybe because of all the kids I had and just the, you know, how exhausting it was, I, I kind of liked to have time where I was just quiet. And so I got into the habit of saying no. And I, I decided to take a summer where if I got invited to do something, oh my, my instinct would be no. And I would have all the reasons to say no. And then, but I would tell myself, you have to wait until you come up with a reason to say yes. And then you have to say yes. So I said yes to all these things that came along, and it was the best thing that I could have done. I just, I made friends, I did things, I wrote songs, I, had, I was on gigs, I made connections. It was just wonderful. And so I don't say yes to everything now, yeah. but I try to say yes to most things. Because you could probably be pretty picky at this point, right? You've seen yeah, a lot, I done mean, a lot, and it's like... That's one of the perks of being right. in a career for a long time. Right. At some point, you can make, you can shape it the way you like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do everything, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm much more open. What was the most surprising yes that you, uh, that turned out in a way that you didn't anticipate? Oh, I went on a writer's retreat. Oh, my gosh. And I would never do that because I have a lot of social anxiety. So... <laughs> Just the idea of being with people that much. And co-writing is a scary thing. Co-writing is so vulnerable. And it, to me, it feels like it could go off the tracks and be awkward and weird. Just like a lot of potential disaster. <laughs> so, But I did that. And it was with these other women. And I loved all of them. And we had a great time. And we wrote some good songs. And uh, I just realized that I could do it. I had just been afraid to do it. That's incredible. Yeah. W w take me through like, you know, a snapshot of like an hour or two in that environment. Do you, do you come in with ideas? Do you put it on a whiteboard and say, you know, that kind of could work with this? Do you, does one person come in with something mm. half-baked and you kind of help refine it? How does that Yeah, does I mean, there was just a group of us and we would all just kind of look around and go, you want to write one together? <laughs> and it was really not that organized. It was just kind of who. Oh, wow. And then ultimately, there'd be like two people who were like, well, we're the only two left. Let's go right together. So it was very casual. Um, and for me, I came in with some ideas and um, the other girls helped me finish those songs. I don't really have a strong skill in helping other people finish their songs. Right. Um, That's probably different, right? That's a different. It's very different. Different skill. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, for me, anyway, uh, I don't think on my feet that fast. I like to sit and mull and and tinker with it and mess with it and then completely scrap it come back with something a little different and so usually i've done a lot of that before i bring a song in to get someone to help me with it but co trying to help someone finish their song is a it's just a different skill set i mean i've i've done a couple of those but right so you you mentioned you see yourself more as a singer than a songwriter in terms of songwriting what inspires you the most in terms of is it, you know, it's probably timing of life and things like that, but do you get inspired to write more from like heartbreak and tragedy and challenge or more from, you know, positive experiences? Yeah. Oh God, definitely the heartbreak. I mean, <laughs> that's the stuff you remember. That's the layup. Yeah. I can't remember the good things that have happened to me. Are you kidding? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Don't like, say that. <laughs> they're just, they just fly by, but the, um, the bad stuff sticks with you and, um, painful stuff the stuff you want to right. really just emote uh, but yeah personal experience and some little thing will happen like i'm i've written this song 
called From a King to a Queen. And it's just about, uh, I got divorced two years ago, and I had to get rid of my this giant bed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> from a king to a queen. That's yes. amazing. I know. And, it, and I, I'm just thinking about it. I was like, so just little things yeah. like that are the, the stuff that gets me going. All right. That's, that's really good, actually. <laughs> Thanks. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It's not ready for prime time yet, but it, it exists. <laughs> So one thing I, I forgot to mention, we're here at this music festival and I'm talking to, you know, a few artists and you, you talked about singing and, and, and then songwriting. One of the artists I interviewed yesterday, his name's Matt Kilo. I yeah. don't know if you know who he is, but he's a newer artist. He has one album. He lives in Nashville now. He's from Georgia. And he was just, you know, we're getting ready for the interview and he's like, so who else are you talking to? And I mentioned a couple of people and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm talking to Kelly Willis tomorrow. And he's like, wait, what? Ah. And he said, listen, for me, that it's Patty Loveless and it's Kelly Willis. Oh my God, that's amazing! That's, so I wanted to tell you that crazy. because I was like, "Well, she'd love to hear that." Yeah, that's you know? so sweet. I mean, Patty Loveless just got into the Hall of Fame. Yes, right? I, and I was on MCA when Patty Loveless was there, so right. I got to see it her up close and in person. She's amazing. Yeah, you talk about relationships and love languages. You know, yeah. words of affirmation are always yes. like important. So it's so cool. It's so very nice. I Thanks. think it's important to tell people uh, when you hear good things. And so, yeah. you know, I thought you'd get I'll completely out forget that. Of course, <laughs> I'll be gone. You can't forget <laughs> that. No, thank don't, you. Don't be a goldfish. <laughs> like there's, cer- there's certain times when you should be a goldfish where, right. you know, forget mistakes and stuff. The yeah. things you should hold on to. Maybe I should write it down and have a little Mirror affirmation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you mentioned MCA, which leads me to a, a, a thing about eras. Are you a Taylor Swift fan? I'm in this funny little spot that I'm not like a crazy Taylor right. Swift fan, but I'm, I don't have anything against her, but I'm impressed. Incredibly impressed with her. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, you've had a, this incredible career and your perspective on what she's been able to do uh, at 32 and uh, coming up through, through country. And now obviously I this, know. I mean, what? She blows me away. I feel like she's kind of like a different, there's nobody like that. The people who are that talented, that young. Right. And it's like she's like Superman from some other planet, right? We can't compare ourselves to her. She's unique. And yeah, yeah, it blows my mind what she's done to go from country to pop and to be so powerful and yet vulnerable and all that stuff. It's really impressive. And to be that good, that young is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I, I, I did see her in concert uh, in Atlanta, yeah. but I was blown away because she had 75,000 people in the palm of her hand. Yeah. And it was like ultimate power. Yeah. And I'm like, good for her. Yeah. You know, like, good for her. So, um, yeah, she does it all. Yeah. Anyway, I bring that up because she had the Eras tour and uh, you've had this career. You've, I think you've had your own Eras, right? <laughs> so you mentioned MCA. Yeah. That's probably. Maybe the first era? Is that fair? Sure, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to get these in the right sequential order, but there was MCA. You went, uh, you did a little rockabilly. Is that part of the same uh, era or is that its I own thing? I would say it was rockabilly first. So it was a rockabilly and a rockabilly band. And then I moved to, from the D.C. area. Okay. Then I moved to Austin. And within two years from living in Austin, I got my MCA deal. So I was 20 when I got that deal. And that was like in the late 80s, right? 89 yeah, 89, 90, and I think my record came out in 90. So Rockabilly first, and then much more country um, was second. Yeah. <laughs> and then yet you, you were a mother, right? And you're still a mother, but like yes. there was probably raising 
raising your son and you know that's probably yes. its own era right i got my Ryko record deal and i made this what i deserve record before i had kids and i i'd probably call that a different era because that was much more of an independent kind of country folk thing for me and where i really started writing songs and then i got married and had kids and then i i had four kids in that time and that was survival mode so that was different all in yeah yeah, yeah. and then um Probably because that was so all-consuming and difficult. That's when my husband and I started uh, performing together right. and more of a duo. Right. Um, just, you know, to keep it all in-house, kind of. You know, right. it just kind of worked better that way. Yeah, so that time, you and Bruce, that, that's probably its own era as yeah, well, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. What's the era today? You know, it's funny because... Um, so I'm 55 and I am having the most fun. I am loving my career more now than ever. And I never would have thought that. That's awesome. And I've been out doing these shows. I've been, so my kids, I still have one at home, but three of them are off in college starting their lives. And I've been able to spend more time getting back into touring mm. and being on the road and uh, just gigging a lot more. So I've been doing that, just my solo stuff, but also with these other two women, Brennan Lee and Melissa Carper, this trio with them that is awesome. so fun. They're both so talented, but I think because we're all three, we have individual bands, we're our own um, front people, right? That everyone in the band is so invested in what we're doing. Um, no one's a gun for hire that's wondering if they're going to get paid for doing this podcast. You know, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they have every right to. That's, yeah. their, that's their gig. But right. the three of us are just like, well, what should we do now? And equally just enjoying it and doing whatever, bending over backwards because it's our thing. Right. Do you play each other's songs? Do you play we your do. own songs? We do. We get up and we... So Melissa plays stand-up bass, yeah. and Brennan is a badass guitar player. She plays the all lead parts and mandolin. And then I just play all the strummy, swishy stuff that blends it together. Um, and we play each other's songs and sing harmonies on each song. And Is there a name for the trio? Yes, we just named it. We're uh, Wonder Women of Country. What? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> like two weeks ago. No way. Because we go. did it. We just Breaking recorded news. a little EP, and we're... We're like, we have to have a name, you guys. And Brennan, Brennan goes, uh, how about Wonder Women of Country? And we're all like, yes. I can see the, I can see the merch <laughs> right now. I know. There's so right? many merch there's, possibilities. There's so many options. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So you're having the most fun now. I guess which era shaped, shaped, shaped you, well, shaped you the most? Like you, that you're like, okay, well, I'm, oh. I wouldn't be who I was today. I'm sure they all contributed to it. But like what's, well, what stands out? Well, they all contributed to it. But um I think when I started performing with Bruce, mm -hmm. my ex-husband, that um, all of a sudden the pressure was divided in half. So I was on stage. Every aspect of it was more fun because there was somebody there who was going to catch any moment where something might just go wrong or mm -hmm. I, you know, sometimes you just blank, space out, just stuff happens. And knowing that there was someone else there that was equally someone else was going to talk or tell a story or um, sing, you know, just I don't have to sing this next song. I get to do the harmony part, which is so fun to yeah. sing the harmony part. Right. It just divided the workload. 
and I was able to learn from him because he had a completely different style of performing. It was just a lot more fun. Mm. I was always really nervous, really worried about being perfect. When you were, was, when, when it was, was just, just me, you. yeah, yeah, that's a like lot of pressure. Yeah. Singing perfectly, right. all the things, and performing with him, I was able to see how to be more, to have a better time up there, and it was just a whole, it was very, a great learning experience about just stepping inside somebody else's thing and seeing a completely different perspective. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, that changed a lot for me. Do you, are you able to apply that to the uh, Wonder Woman of country now as well? It probably yeah. still applies, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It changed yeah, yeah. everything, even my solo stuff, just yeah. even without other people. I just have more fun. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, I learned that it didn't really matter how you sang. Like, <laughs> you know, the people, my favorite people that are singing, I never think about that they're singing. If you think of Mick Jagger, you're not thinking about if he's hitting the notes beautifully. He's just singing. He's just telling you this story. He's just yeah. embodying that song. And so I stopped worrying about that. And yeah, they're not holding up numbers, you yes. know, when you listen to <laughs> right. it, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah, that changed for me. No, that's great. So you mentioned the anxiety. Obviously, as a music fan, you make assumptions about artists and on stage and recording records. It's just wild to to learn and under, you know understand that artists struggle yeah. with I don't know if it's you know stage fright or social phobia or all these things but it, it's a real thing I guess yeah tell me more about that and has yeah. it changed through the years is it Definitely. you know yeah tell me well more. I used to have pretty severe social phobia as a young person and if you talk to me I might cry <laughs> like it was yeah. very difficult for me not around people that I knew yeah, that were my friends yeah. and trusted people. I was whatever my personality is was would be full on. But in most settings, it was intense. And is it one on one? Was it one on one conversations? Yeah. Or was it just uh, was is, is the stage just a different environment and you were able to kind of like work through it? Or was it also that? Well, it's a lot of one on one. A lot of all the just different little exchange moments in life. Like if you're at the grocery store and you're in line and you know in a minute you're going to have to talk to the checkout person. Oh my gosh, wow. Terrifying. Wow. So it's those kinds of little things. On the stage, you could sort of disassociate. You could be in this little world, right? You're presenting something. You're pretending in a way. The guys used to tease me because for yeah. years, I anything I said on stage would end with a, and it was really fun. Like, <laughs> that, was that was your crutch. Yeah. It was like your filler word. So, you know, yeah. you just, you don't have much uh, personality up there, right? Yeah. But I think it was just immersion therapy, right? It just yeah. took me about 10 years of just doing everything wrong that, you could, that could possibly go wrong would eventually happen. You survive it, and now you have that skill. Right. And then... And then other stuff happens where you start having fun. There's so many little catchphrases that happen on the road, mm. but like one of them is, well, another perfect show. Like you walk off the stage. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you just, yeah. it just doesn't matter that much. It's, you just have a good time. If you were 20 years old today, hmm. experiencing the same challenges, do you think the environment would be different in the, the access to help or resources or, you know, I guess the, 
the openness yeah. around self-awareness and self-care I do w- think would it be would it be different do you think I do you think it would be different i don't I'm, nobody really talked about this stuff back then and yeah. i think it's pretty common do you think yeah. yeah and i i mean definitely there's like drugs and stuff people take for social phobia now sure and i was never that was never an option um but I do know that it, it would have been more talked about. Yeah. Although, although there would be social media and stuff that I would have not oh, been that w- able to do. Oh my gosh, that would be just so. that'd be like a nightmare, right? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't do that. Yeah, and you, you know, we mentioned Taylor Swift too. It's like, as successful as she is, it's well documented. She's got so many insecurities, and she's aware of everything, yeah. and it completely affects her. You think, yeah. well, it's you know, like. She's at the point where like she shouldn't care, but like it. You right, know, but you grow human. up. You grow up. You're standing on a stage, and people are looking at you, and they're judging every little thing about you, and you get used to that, and you can kind of get a tough skin about it. But it, it's hard to not walk around feeling concerned about whether or not everything about you is perfect or you're presentable. Hmm. So that's gonna mess with your head. Yeah. I've, although I think a lot about Taylor Swift's life is going to mess with her head. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's like a, Michael Jackson. There's a lot going on. Elvis Presley. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's good for you. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I don't think it's good for you. Yeah. How important is curiosity to you? Oh, really important. I think you got to keep, you got to be in learning mode. You got to be open to seeing things differently. You can't shut yourself down and just go, okay, this is it. Yeah. This is what I'm doing from now until the day I die. <laughs> like, I don't think there's a lot of joy in that. Well, it goes back to what you said about your summer of yes. Yeah. Right? I mean, if a curious, a non-curious person, they wouldn't have a summer of yes. Right. And, and you sort of illustrated the, the, that point, right? Yeah. I think it's good for your mental health and doesn't mean you're going to like be good at everything yeah, or yeah. Uh, like everything, but. So at 55, what are you, what are you curious curious about today oh man i'm just curious whenever anything comes my way i'm just trying to be more open to it yeah i mean i i did try to learn how to play guitar better a few months ago (laughs) it's like because all i do is strum right i don't do any picking at all right and i'm like i've got to learn how to do that this is my life this is my livelihood i need to know how to do that and I got in there and I tried. I tried. And I I can play Wildwood Flower. Hey, but that's a classic. That's <laughs> not. I mean, if you're going to play one song, it's, it might as so, well be that. But I can't transfer that into my own songs. But, you know, I kind of got to see. Uh, I learned a little bit there. And I, I got my friend Jack Ingram to take some guitar lessons, too. Okay. Like we were talking about it. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to learn how to do. And then eventually we were like. Screw that. <laughs> you know you know what's better? Being the singer. <laughs> Let those other guys worry about it. Yeah. yeah. Who wants to be the guitar player? Yeah. Well, you know. Come on. It's our fantasy. We, <laughs> we came up with it. No, that's, that's great. <laughs> we talked about eras of your career. Are you, did you ever see the Ken Burns documentary on country music? I did. So I've watched that like 10 times. Oh, yeah. It's, I think it's like the, the most amazing thing on television in terms of documentaries, you know? Yeah, Because it's, so it's, it's American history, it's music history, it's, it's a lot. And what I love about it is the threads, you know, the, the Carter family, Jimmy Rogers, Hank Williams, and, yeah. and the way that the threads are all connected. I guess yeah. when you were thinking about music and getting in the industry and as you developed your own career, 
what were the threads of country music that um, inspired you the most? So when I first started, I was into rockabilly. There were people in rockabilly like Wanda Jackson. Wanda Jackson, yeah. Um, but also uh, Buddy Holly, who kind of had a foot in both worlds, right? Like it's rockabilly, it's early rock and roll, it's country. It's a little of all that. Yeah. And then like Patsy Cline, who kind of it was also in that same plane, that same era, mm-hmm. to where I could go from rockabilly to country. And that's felt like a there was more growth there, growth potential in that in country than there was in rockabilly. So it was almost like I I grew, I evolved out of rockabilly into a country. Right. And then I was really, really only interested in that kind of Buck Owens era country music. But living in Austin, there was all this Texas. And I started to date this Texan, Bruce Robinson, who his whole world was 70s country, which I had totally looked down on. Oh, my gosh. And um, so I got introduced to all of that and Willie Nelson and... Uh, Gary Stewart, Jerry Jeff Walker, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge moment of growth as well. Like just being able to right. see the potential in all this this stuff that I, you know, had come from this other little world. You yeah. know, rockabilly is a very critical. We're very judgmental, <laughs> <laughs> which might be why I was used to be so scared of interviews. I thought I was being judged, but you had to know all the facts and figures oh, about wow. all the people and you had you really had to know what you're talking about and i don't ever really know what i'm talking about so it was scary but that was my growth and then much more kind of folky stuff after mm. that and learning how to you know i heard this listen to williams record and was it called big red sun was that the name of the record and i'd gotten an advanced copy of it and this was the like 90 or 91 or something and probably 90 um and it changed i just it changed my mind about songwriting and i thought to myself you know you can be you can do whatever you want you do not have to write like these little nashville hit songs yeah the hooks yeah yeah which you know the world i was in so young you yeah. know, i got in there i was 20 and it was they're always looking for hits yeah there's a formula, yeah. And, and so I realized you can have your own quirky little thing. It doesn't have to be anything except you. And that freed me up to just start playing around with songwriting a little more. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So you mentioned the Wonder Women of, of country. If you look at 2024 and the next few years, like that next era, like what else do you see on the horizon? Well, we have an EP that we recorded together. We're going to put that out in March and then keep playing some of that together. The sweet thing about that is we can do that some of the time and then we all go off to our own worlds and do our own thing. So I, I am also reissuing my, what I deserve record, which came out in 98, I think it's 25 this year. Unbelievably. Nice. So we're going to have it on vinyl and maybe I'll put a little tour behind that. Okay. And then hopefully I can make another solo record. I do have some new songs, but I need to find a creative partner to make that happen. Right. So yeah, that's kind of yeah. what's going on. Well, I know streaming is a is an issue or a conversation for artists and things like that. It does give you a platform, right, for people like us to just dial up anything. 
do you have a preference on the platform? And if you use Spotify, can you <sighs> give the audience an indication of what was in your 2023 wrapped top oh, five? God, I do use Spotify. I was like my number one artist was me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> every time, every year I'm like, I can't share this. <laughs> That's Damn amazing. it. But it's because I always go, if I'm going to play something I haven't played in a while, I go there and I, that's where I listen to it and practice it. Okay. So I might listen to it 15 times oh, because I'm kind of yeah, practicing you're, you're it. Yeah. <laughs> and every yeah. year it's like, oh God, my favorite song was one of my songs. Like it's, <laughs> it's humiliating. Oh my gosh, Kelly, um, that's a whole thing. <laughs> I know. My Spotify is always going to be, I think maybe that Big Star song 13 was my most listened to song last year. Which So it's, yeah. it's not like I'm... It's not like it's I'm on the pulse of what's going on. I no, just it's you. Right? I just go pull up something that yeah. I that I'm feeling. And one last question: When you signed with MCA, there was I don't know how all the finances work, but you signed mm -hmm. to a label. Things happened. There was a process. How much has that process changed to today? Wow. You know, and for me, getting somebody to listen to a song for three and a half minutes doesn't sound like a Herculean task. But when mm. you consider all the the news outlets, mm -hmm. the content that's online, social media, right. the millions of tracks you can play on, on you know, Spotify or Pandora. Yeah. To get someone to listen to a song for three minutes, that's actually a big deal. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, but like in terms of the business aspect of things, I mean, how much of it has changed? Well, God, so much of it's changed. And, but also my place in the world has changed. Back when I was really starting, I was a young, untested yeah. act that there was a lot of potential, the unknown potential, right? So that's like very attractive to the business part of the world. And you do stuff for a while and you, you reach a plateau and then you're like, okay, well, that's where I'm at. And this is where I'm going to yeah. have to negotiate my career from here on out. And then it's harder to get those business people. Mm. They want to get somebody that they see possibly making them a ton of money. Yeah, just the turnover. Yeah. <laughs> you never have trouble getting any creative people involved. Yeah. But the business side of it's a whole different world. Could the Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman of country, could that have happened 25 years ago as it's happened now? Just you guys like, hey, we want to do it. Or would that would have been a whole different process? I think it could have happened. Yeah, because that's... That's just been a natural, organic, creative thing that we just fell into place together. I don't even really know how the music business works now because yeah. I don't know how they're making money. Right. And I know it takes money. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, you know, there's so much less mystery involved, too. Um, back yeah. then, they'd have to come see me. We didn't give them tapes because we didn't want them to pick us apart. They couldn't look up numbers to see anything about me. Yeah. They just had to see me live and get a feel and see if they what they thought. And believe, yeah. Yeah, and believe. Yeah. And I don't know how they do that now because now they have so much other stuff that they can yeah. pick apart about you yeah. and take the magic out of it, yeah. you know, and crunch it down into numbers, every little part of it. I'm doing it all myself these days. I don't know how they how the business people well, are doing it. Well, that's empowering, right? It is. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, I I'm love excited. it and it's fun. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 50. But to hear you say that, you know, where you're at, yeah. career-wise, age-wise, you're having the most fun ever. I mean, that. Yeah. I, I get inspired by that, and I know people people will. So, like, you know, thank you for oh, nice. sort of affirming that. I hope so, because I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks yeah, for having me. I really appreciate it. Me too. Um, will you play a song? Yeah, I, I could play one. All right, cool. All right. Um, so this is a song I wrote. Uh, a friend of mine sent me a picture of me and this guy that she saw that I used to date a million years ago and um, sent me the picture. And I said, God, I don't even remember that. And she replied, selective memory? And I'm like, no, actually, it's been so long. All my memories are good. And um, I can only think of good things. And uh, it made me think, uh, you know, I got divorced recently. And so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to looking back that way now. So I wrote this song, Looking Forward to Looking Back, with my friend Betty Sue. I'm looking forward to looking back And putting our pain in the distant past A rosy glow on the way things were When we went wrong, we won't be sure I'd like to forget the things I know each day I let a hard truth go And when I stumble on a place we go I'll drink a toast to you, you old so-and-so I won't recall the nights we didn't dance I'll think about how we laughed at the band that hitch in your step when you spin me around. Your voice in my ear was the sweetest Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Curious Goldfish. Please follow and subscribe to the podcast and on social media. Also, tell your music-loving friends about us too. Until next time, 
stay curious. <laughs>